Welcome, and thank you for joining our monthly podcast series on transforming experiences in healthcare and life sciences, where we discuss transforming patient and employee experiences for today and tomorrow with our hosts, Christy Rowe, Tony Land, and Rich Schwartz. everyone to our eighth episode in the series on transforming experiences in healthcare and life sciences. I'm Tony Land, Head of Clinical Healthcare Experience at Medallia, and I'm excited today to introduce you to a guest co-host, Alexandra Archer, who's our Director of Healthcare Professional Services, and our guest, you're going to get a thrill out of this one, Stephen, who's the Vice President of Customer Experience at Premier Blue Cross, based in the Seattle area. He has a very interesting background of working for both tech companies such as eBay and Sun Microsystems, as well as healthcare and life science companies, including Genetech. These experiences have allowed Stephen to learn and adopt industry benchmarks, best practice, and learnings, all to drive change. Welcome, Stephen and Alex. We're excited to spend the next 30 minutes talking and learning from both of you. Thanks, Tony. Well, thank you so much for the introduction, Tony. I am so happy to be here. And Stephen and I have been working together since, oh, late 2020. And I've had the pleasure of seeing his program evolve. His team and my team have been working very hard to prioritize new ways of listening to members, finding key insights from the data, and planning innovative ways to improve experiences. Stephen, I'm so happy to chat with you today and learn more about your perspective on gathering and reacting to feedback in the healthcare space. So, Stephen, I know Tony had mentioned your experiences at eBay and other tech companies. I was wondering if there have been any lessons learned or best practices that you have brought from tech into healthcare. Well, that's a great question, Alex. And I would say, as far as best practices, I'd say I'd focus more on kind of the cultural differences or the mindset differences that I've observed, you know, working in tech companies and now working at a healthcare payer. And I guess I would best describe it as one is an environment and a mentality where you're going to fail a lot. That's being in tech, where there's a lot of experimentation, there's a lot of failure. Failure is a good thing as long as you learn from it. And that is accepted. Even, you know, startups, well, nine out of 10 or even more fail. And that's just part of what Silicon Valley, you know, grasps and and they get that and they try to learn and, and progress from there. And I would say my observation at a health insurance company, you know, it's, it's, it's a little older school. You know, there is, I would call it kind of a, an alleged knowing company. You know, we have people in leadership positions who are very experienced in in healthcare and they do know a lot about healthcare and where it's been over the past several decades and how it works. And there's a lot of sort of, I was in the military, so I kind of recognize this, where there's sort of top-down direction. And I say it feels a lot like that. It felt a lot like that. And one of the things that I'm trying to bring to Premira and, and to the industry in general is just this notion that it's okay to not know everything. It's okay to learn and it's okay to bring others in to help you learn. Others being 
full set of employees, members, people in the value chain who help you deliver for your members, and that we can conduct experiments, make them small. And if we fail, then we fail small and we learn. It's okay to fail. And that's a good thing because we're pushing boundaries or pushing limits or trying new things. And that's the thing that I'm trying to bring from my past life in tech to healthcare. I like it, Stephen. And I know when we've talked previously, you mentioned something that was very impactful to me was hearing we're trying to move from a culture of knowing to a culture of learning. And, and I think that really says a lot. Absolutely. Um, if you follow uh, Microsoft, so Microsoft is in our you know backyard. In fact, they're one of our, our, our clients. And what Satya Nadella has done there in a very short time has taken Microsoft from a particular culture, uh, which was you know very knowing, a knowing culture to a complete learning culture now. And it's done that amazingly fast. And so we have our employer clients, Amazon is another one that push us and help us to move along with them. And so we actually kind of get, I get a little bit of help bringing those tech principles from some of our tech customers. And, you know, that notion of a learning culture is one that we're really trying to uh, gravitate to and be comfortable with here that we don't know it all and that we are open to learning and we're curious. It's uh, something I personally am trying to focus on as well and and recognize that. (laughs) So can you tell me, are there a few examples of how member feedback has helped transform Primera? And are there any data elements that have highlighted areas to better impact the experience? Yeah, I guess kind of riffing off of that that first question about moving to a learning culture. When I first got here, we had member feedback system in place. It was on a different platform and it was really very manual. Uh, So we would download the feedback into spreadsheets. We'd parse the spreadsheets out. We'd have the comments that would be in the fields in the spreadsheets. And we'd go and meet with teams, try to meet with teams, not everybody wanted to, and actually scour through these spreadsheets and look at verbatim comments and try to manually identify themes. And that was really painful, right? It was a lot of work and people had their day job. And so, you know, there was a lot of resistance. And, you know, one of the things that we're trying to do now is, hey, well, we've, we've made it easier. We definitely have sped up that process uh, with the help of Medallia's platform and text analytics. So now we can kind of focus on, you know, actually solving problems rather than trying to figure out what the problems are. So the other thing is leadership and engagement. You know, so many times there are people on the front lines who are the ones reviewing this feedback. And, and if they have an inner loop or an acute issue, they, somebody usually says, oh, I know how to solve that. I can take care of this. We can call this member and take care of this, help them out. But some, so many times we have thematic or outer loop systemic issues that one person can't solve. It really takes the enterprise to focus on that. And, you know, one of the things that you have to do is you have to get leaders to engage across the enterprise so they can see that picture. They can see the field and say, oh, wow, this is a big, hairy problem. That's probably why it hasn't been solved for years and years and years. Let's get together and and work on this. And so by getting leaders involved in reviewing the uh, feedback, you know, we've used Medallia uh, Voices, which is it's on your mobile phone. And it just basically categorizes all the feedback that, that you see and you can actually send off high fives to people like a customer service rep who, who's done a good thing. And so that's a way that I've been able to get leaders engaged in feedback and the notion of, of listening to our customers and using that to drive our decision making. So that's one of the things that we've done as far as transforming Premiera through member feedback. But it really is all about leadership engagement. 
I couldn't agree more. And I was very happy to see Medallia Voices rolled out so seamlessly and seeing the increased executive engagement that that brought on. So I've been very lucky to to be working with you and your team for quite a while now. And it's been fun to see the team pull these key insights from your member scores and your unstructured feedback, utilizing text analytics. I'm curious, how have these feedback mechanisms evolved to date? And then what do you see for the future? Yeah. Well, like I mentioned, there was a voice of the customer program in place when I joined a little over two years ago. It was on a different platform. So we moved to the Medallia platform. I mentioned the text analytics and and how that has helped us use our time better from trying to figure out what's going on in an experience to actually, okay, we know what's going on. Text analytics really shortens that time. So so that's really helpful. Now, the other thing I will say is that, uh, and and you probably experienced this yourself, Alex, when you look at your email probably get surveys left and right from different companies that you interact with. And a lot of people just immediately hit hit the trash can and and discard that. And so email surveys, I jokingly say they're going the way of the dodo, right? I mean, because just look at your own behavior and I do it. I I take surveys because it's my job, it's my craft, and I want to see how other people conduct surveys. And then, you know, usually... Well, there's a lot of bad surveys out there. Let's just say I get uh, you know two minutes into it and they haven't set my expectation about how long it's going to take me or what what's in it for me. And but I do it to see how others are taking advantage of that channel. Now it's going to be limited. It's going to continue to be limited. And I think the future is and, and and we're working with you on this is is to capture more rich feedback. And it's not just ask a question, get an answer. You know, that's good. And it's good when people give us that. But we also know that people don't always tell us exactly how they're feeling and exactly what their experience was. They don't do it with any malintent. They do it just because there's a dynamic that people often answer questions with what they think you want to hear. And so you have to find a way to offset that particular bias. And one of one way that we're trying to do that is through passive observation. We can use, like Medallia has a tool where we can look at video. I think it's called Living Lens. We can have somebody provide us feedback, you know, with a with a selfie video. And you can also kind of analyze facial movements and and, and things. And and they will actually tell you what the person's really thinking and feeling. And that might uh, contrast with the words they're saying. So there's that element. There are digital tools where we can kind of track uh, where people are doing, how long they spend on a page or on a mobile app page. What are they looking for? How many clicks does it take? And we can kind of make inferences about what it is they're trying to accomplish. And we marry that with the explicit feedback that we get from surveys. And that becomes a richer set of information that we can draw insights from. Another way to do it is you know, meet people where they are. There's another tool from Medallia. I'm going to get the uh, the name of it wrong. It's the SMS tool where we could, you know, imagine you go to the doctor's office and you finish and you, you say goodbye. Maybe you've made your next appointment. You're walking out to your car before you're heading off back to work or back home. And you get a, a pop-up uh, SMS, a quick two or three question SMS. It's really simple. And by the time you've put your seatbelt on, you've already given us feedback. And there's an option there to shoot the selfie video if you want. So we can do those types of things. We can analyze calls that come into the contact center and through voice analysis, not just 
text transcription, but, but actually, you know, voice modulation and things like that. And so there are lots of more sophisticated ways to gather these signals that can help us understand who that customer is, how they're feeling, how we're doing relative to serving them and, and what we can do to improve. Oh, that's very exciting. I think you, you said all that so well. Conversations is the tool with the, the oh, SMS you. back and forth messaging. And I, I do love that concept that you've just left your doctor's office. You're in the parking lot. The experience is fresh in your mind to provide that immediate, but short and succinct and smart feedback. I'm also very excited that we are considering having video feedback via Living Lens on our roadmap. Because when you get that video, you get so many more metrics and there's so much more rich information in that when you can really hear the emotion and the passion, whether positive or an area for opportunity. And earlier in our conversation, Stephen, you mentioned how involving your executives has made such a change in your ability to listen to your members and and make change. I have found that the videos, when you share those with executives, when you splice together 10 members saying something very similar, it's so much more impactful to an executive who has the power to make a change than it would be to just read that feedback. So I'm picturing big things for us. That's why we're working with you, Alex. I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Well, connected to this. As we think about the future, how are you considering expanding the touch points beyond just your members and thinking of of providers or producers or even employers? Yeah, great question. Prior to me getting into customer experience, I was an operator. And by that, I mean doing things better, cheaper, faster. I have been trained in total quality management, Lean Six Sigma, things like that, you know, kind of really geeky database decision-making frameworks. And so that's that's in my DNA prior to coming into customer experience. And one of the things that you learn is about the value chain. And so if you think about, okay, we're a payer, and then there's a member who is, is trying to receive care. Well, there are all sorts of layers and players in between or around those two entities, some of which are providers, you know, the hospital systems, the doctor's offices, the labs, the imaging centers, the surgery centers, those are all provider systems. So obviously that's the tip of the spear. That's where the care is delivered. And that's not us. There are employers. You know, most of us get our health insurance through our employer. An employer makes a decision about who to choose before their employees then make a choice, if they're even offered a choice. Um, and so they have a role in, in what a member actually experiences. There are producers who help those employers because employers aren't experts in health insurance. Producers are like insurance brokers. They help advise employers on what might be the best fit or the best plan for their employee base for whatever they're trying to accomplish. And so there are all of these entities or constituents in that value chain that affect what a member experiences, right? From from choosing a plan to paying their portion of the premium to making an appointment to seeing doctors. And so what we're trying to do is, so we can gather all of the information that we are and that we hope to in the future from members. And we also have to realize that we can't fix every bit by ourselves because some of the things that members identify to us as 
hassles or friction points might exist amongst those other constituents. And so we have to understand those constituents. And so we are rolling out a voice of a provider program. We'd love to, in the future, do a voice of a producer. Uh, you know, a producer is an insurance broker. They're the ones that recommend that an employer buy Premira or offer Premira to their employees. Well, if producers say, gosh, Premira is really hard to work with, they don't pay me very quickly or whatever the issue is, they might stop recommending us and that impacts our business negatively. And so it's good for us to understand what's important to them so that we can help them help us, so to speak. Providers, same thing. You know, if all of a sudden our members are going to a provider system and they're waiting two hours to get to be seen, even though they have an appointment, that's probably good information for us to have and start to work with those providers and say, hey, this is the feedback we're getting, you know, um, and, and it may impact our relationship with those providers. And so, but we don't have that systematically right now. And that's what we're trying to do is to really expand beyond just the voice of the customer, voice of the member, and really understand the needs and what's going on with those different constituents in that value chain to deliver for those members. That really makes such a difference when you're getting the whole picture, because your members could be saying, love Primera, you know, they could be just ecstatic with their experience. But if you have issues with providers, producers, and or employers, and you're not having that same experience with them, you know, you're going to feel that on the back end. So I yeah. love that we, you know, are, are planning and, and considering how do we bring in all of these different experiences and compare and contrast. As one experience, you know, potentially goes up or goes down, does it impact the experience right. of these other groups? Yeah. One thing I didn't mention is another key constituent group, which is our employees. You know, I mean, if our employees are not engaged and not happy, healthy and productive, it's really difficult for them to deliver a great experience for our members. And so, and I know Medallia has this capability too, and I think we might even be headed down this road with employee experience and wouldn't it be cool if all of a sudden we got signals from a certain part of our business from the members that like, hey, this isn't going so well. And wouldn't it be interesting to overlay that with the group of employees here at Premira who actually deliver that and say, is there any sort of dissatisfaction? Is there anything going on there in the employee base? And be able to connect those things to see if maybe the root cause isn't upstream further in our own employee base and what we're doing inside of our own company. But to be able to have that ability on a single platform where we can make those assessments is, is really key. Um, and as we know, you know, it's a competitive marketplace for talent. We're seeing, uh, I think it's called the great resignation after, after the pandemic where people are were afraid to change jobs during the pandemic, but now there's a big move for talent moving, uh, moving places. And so taking care of your employees becomes just as important as taking care of your members or your customers. I'm so glad you added that. And yes, you are right. We do have a voice of the Primera employee on our roadmap, and that's something we're planning out right now. I know at Premier, your customer service team, they're just absolute rock stars and they, they handle all sorts of complicated and serious issues and their satisfaction scores are just through the roof. Not everyone is as lucky as Primera is in that case. And so being able to see, you know, perhaps our members are really dissatisfied with a certain customer service group or team. And then when you can evaluate that with the voice of employee feedback and understand, well, maybe they're not supporting the members in a certain way because they're 
not feeling supported by their team or their manager or there's some other, you know, office situation going on that we need to tackle first. And then that will trickle down to a more positive experience with the folks that they're supporting. Yeah. Can't wait to have that at my disposal. (laughs) (laughs) Same here. Well, can you tell us more about turning operations and processes into a purpose-driven endeavor in service of your customers and your members? Sure, sure thing. One of the things I I noticed here at Primera was, even while I was interviewing for the job over two years ago, two and a half years ago now, is the purpose. And and the purpose is great because we, we all know how frustrating healthcare experience can be. And our purpose is to improve our customers' lives by making healthcare work better. Well, that's a pretty big statement. And especially if you think about all of those constituents that we were talking about, who's involved that we don't have direct control over. It's an inspirational statement to try to get us to interact with those different constituents differently so that our members can have a great experience. Now, we've had that. Everyone can recite that. But the thing that we've been missing is how do I know that my day-to-day work is contributing to us achieving that purpose, you know? And, you know, we've got lots of ground level, on the ground, in the trenches, frontline, well-intended people doing things that they believe are, are helping our customers or helping our members, but they're not connected all the way back up to that purpose. And what we're going through right now is kind of a reconciliation to try to build that connective tissue so that an individual who is examining, say, member feedback, and maybe it's member feedback on the provider office visits touch point, and being able to take that and know that our highest priority is to work maybe with these two healthcare systems and really get them from where they're performing today to some other level, but knowing with certainty that this is what we have to do. These are the things that we've deconstructed from that great inspirational purpose statement that are going to get us to that or help us move that direction. And knowing that what I'm doing, just not doing it just because it feels good and feels right, but it feels good, feels right. And it's connected to everything else we do across the enterprise for the purpose of achieving that lofty goal. And so that's what we're doing right now. We're probably halfway through that. And we're thinking by the end of the year, we're going to have that nailed down so that you think about this now from everything from budgeting and making decisions and resource allocation. Once we have that clarity, it'll be so much easier to say no to things that we spend time and money on today that isn't really helping us achieve that purpose. And so we are, we're in the throes of that. I'm hoping to to be able to tell you in January, Alex, that, hey, every all 3,000 people here now, we know exactly what our marching orders are, and we know what our part is um, as a team, and I know what I need to do every day when I show up, um, and I know that it's going to help us get to that goal. Because I will say, you know, getting back to employee experience, we live in in an area that has, you know, tech has boomed here over the past decade in the Seattle area, you know, Amazon, Microsoft, Google, Facebook, everybody's here. There are plenty of places that our employees could go work um, and probably make more money, but they decide to come here because the purpose resonates with them and they want to, they know they probably have some family member or they themselves have experienced this horror of trying to navigate the U S healthcare ecosystem. And they want to make it better because it's almost a moral imperative because we're, we're almost causing pain and friction 
to people at their most vulnerable moment when they need care. And to me, there's a moral component of having, of, of wanting to solve that and needing to solve that. And so, you know, we have to make sure that we deliver for our own employees, that they come here to help us achieve that purpose. And if we're doing a bunch of disconnected work that isn't really helping move the needle, well, that can get frustrating and people can go elsewhere and make more money. And so there's a component of making sure that we keep our employees engaged and and feel like they're contributing to this big purpose that we have. I I like it. It's As you said in your own words, it's a culture of learning and not knowing. And there's, there's a lot of different aspects to that. You know, especially when you think about the moral requirements and and our commitments and the work that you and the employees do to make healthcare work better is not a small undertaking. So we've had a lot of fun today. I'm going to wrap it up with one last question. And I know this is one of Tony's favorite questions. So if you could have one wish for improving healthcare experiences, what would it be? That's pretty easy. And I guess I have to give a little bit of background for people who um, don't know about the healthcare industry, but payers, health insurers like Primera and providers or healthcare systems, you know, hospitals and doctors, you know, they're at odds with one another a lot of times because, you know, think about a health insurance company. We take in premiums and then we pay out those premiums to the providers when people go get care. Well, our job is to manage that, right? And to to manage so that we don't spend more than we take in on premiums, right? That's the insurance game, whether it's auto insurance, property insurance, or health insurance. And so providers want, you know, they're running a business too. They want to elevate their top line revenue. So they want to earn as much revenue as they can. And, you know, we want to pay out what's necessary for people to maintain their health and to be healthy. And, and so there's this tension between payers and providers. And to me, it's as though the two entities are kind of fighting over the member. So one is called a patient, the other is a member. So uh, you can't see me on video, but I have an image of a provider pulling one of my arms and the payer on the other side, pulling the other one saying, no, it's my member. And the provider saying, no, it's my patient. Um, And they're pulling me apart. And my wish would be that instead of trying to pull me apart and own me, that they would instead each put their arm around me and walk together with me on my health journey and work together. That's really what, what my wish would be. Thank you guys so much. What great conversation. And I think, Stephen, you might actually be on a journey to having that wish come true as you're opening up and really looking at getting feedback, not just from the members, but also from the you know providers and producers. So great conversation, great nuggets. I also love how your company's on this journey, I will say, to really bring your purpose to life and to be able to impact those members that that you're serving. So thank you both, Alex. Thank you, Stephen, for your time today. And we look forward to talking in the future. Thanks, Tony. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Stephen. What did you think of today's conversation? What did you find most interesting? If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. And if you have suggestions for future topics, let us know. To learn more about transforming experiences, visit Medallia.com. Tune in to the next podcast. Until then, stay healthy and safe.